We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome inside another draft edition of a Pack a Day Podcast. It is April 10th. We are now just 15 days away from the NFL draft. Going to be coming up here real quick. Have more great draft coverage for you guys today. Uh, but before we get into the draft and our player for today, just a few quick notes for the Packers. I'm sure many of you by now know the Packers preseason schedule has been released. Uh, the Their opponents in the preseason, they'll play at home against Houston. They're on the road at Baltimore. They're playing technically on the road um, at Oakland, but seeing as how Oakland doesn't have a stadium right now, the location is yet to be determined. Not sure where that game will be played quite yet. And then they'll come home. They'll play the Kansas City Chiefs. So two things of note that I took away from the preseason schedule. The biggest thing is they will be holding joint practices with the Texans, which I know a lot of fans seem to be really excited about that they're doing, uh, which is great. Uh, And the other thing of note that I took away from their schedule is that they are playing the Raiders and the Chiefs in the preseason, and those are teams they will also be playing in the regular season, which I don't know how they determine preseason schedule or anything. That seems a little odd to me that they would be playing teams that – that they're going to be playing in the regular season, but maybe it's normal and maybe I don't know much about the preseason. So 
just a few quick notes with that there, but we will now move into the meat of our podcast today. And joining me again this week is Russell Brown and Owen Reese. Russell is a national scout for CoverOne.net and host of the Cover One NFL Draft podcast and has been heard on ESPN Radio, Fox Sports Radio, and CBS Sports Radio. And Owen is a writer for Bucks Fifth Quarter and inside the pylon and played right guard at Carroll University. You can follow both of them on Twitter. Russell is at Russ NFL Draft and Owen is at Reese Draft. Guys, welcome back. Thank you again for joining us. And today we'll be breaking down Rashawn Gary uh, from the University of Michigan. He's an edge rusher and in a little bit of my research, a Apparently can play defensive tackle, uh, so we'll get into that in a little bit here. But he's a junior, 6'5", 277, 40-yard dash of 4.58, 26 on the bench. And as we were talking before we started up here, guys, you guys had mentioned that um, I kind of found that he was going to go in the first round, kind of around pick 14 to 15, somewhere in that range potentially, you guys mentioned that he could go as maybe high as seven or eight. Um, so let's start there. So, Owen, you had mentioned that NFL scouts kind of seem to like him more than draft Twitter seems to like him. So why are you thinking he could go as high as seven or eight? Um, yeah, and, and for some dis- uh, full disclosure, we were talking about that before. I, a lot of that thought process for me comes from uh, Daniel Jeremiah uh, and Bucky Brooks, the guys in the media that put out mock drafts that are more connected, former guys from the league uh, that, are, that are talking to NFL teams uh, and not so much basing it based on their grade of Rashawn Gary, uh, rather what the NFL thinks of him. So, uh, and it's no secret that the NFL loves height, weight, speed profiles. Uh, you know, we saw Deion Jordan get drafted out of Oregon a few years ago, um, way too high. And um, just basically because he was 6'6", 250 pounds and really fast and athletic and uh, lacked refinement as a football player. But that athletic upside, the the quote unquote potential that they have is always enticing to NFL teams because there's always going to be a coach and there's always going to be a position coach or, or general manager that says, well, if we can just get him in our building, we can fix his flaws uh, and then we'll have this this stud football player. Um, and, and Rashawn Gary is, is no different. He's. You know, he's 6'4", 6'5", 285 pounds, 280 pounds-ish in that range. He's a former number one overall recruit in high school, and then he went to Michigan. And he's always been surrounded by other alpha male players at Michigan. Um, so I think that he always fit right in, but truth be told, he's never really had the impact or the production that you would expect from a five-star recruit that was number one in the country um, but like I'm saying, NFL coaches and, and front offices are going to see that potential. They're going to see that that brick of marble um, and and think that they can they can carve it into a masterpiece and, and that they have the, the tools to unlock uh, what Gary hasn't yet so far. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think he's a top seven to eight football player in this draft. I don't think he's probably a top. 20 football player in this draft but his athletic potential as you mentioned earlier ran on under four six at you know in the high 270s he's a freak athlete um but like i said lacking a bit of refinement as a football player and so russell as we talk about him potentially being in that area i mean 
if he's sitting there at 12, do you like him enough that if you're the Packers that you would take him at 12? Or or should Green Bay, if he's, quote-unquote, your best option for an edge rusher at 12, should they be should they be looking at other positions? Basically, is Gary worth taking at 12 if he's available? Well, I'll piggyback a little bit on what Big O just said. Uh, you know, the NFL media is certainly a much higher on him and, and probably NFL scouts are much higher on him um, because of that kind of untapped potential. I, I like that he, he brought up, you know, he was surrounded by alpha male uh, defensive players like Jabril Peppers and and Devin Bush and, and, and Mo Hurst. And, and to be honest, a, a guy that's not really an alpha male as far as physique and everything else, but a guy that's just a better football player than him right now, and that's Chase Winovich. Um, he's just he's not been as, as dominant as you'd like for a number one recruit. He's 31st on my board, um, which is not a first-round grade by any means. I don't, I don't think he's a first-round um, overall player. Uh, with the way he performed last year and really how he's performed over the last two seasons for Michigan. But again, with the untapped potential, there's a lot there. 12 is a little rich for me. Um, I know we're going to talk more so about what can, you know, where will he'll go between 10 and 15. I think maybe Miami at 13 is a little bit of a more realistic spot. I just don't really see how he would fit in Green Bay. I did a mock draft a, a couple months back and when I was teetering back and forth with what Green Bay would do, um, it was it was really hard to to pick somebody not named Rashawn Gary because he made a lot of sense um, at the time because they didn't sign the Smiths. And I know, you know, I, I listened to Big O on Locked On NFL Draft the other day and great stuff, by the way, my man. Um, and you talked about consistently adding pieces to the puzzle for for Aaron Rodgers and and not so much on offense, but for defense and getting this defense better and keeping maybe Aaron Rodgers on the field a little bit more by keeping the defense off the field. So the more defensive talent that you have, it makes sense. But I just don't think Rashawn Gary's necessarily a, a fit for what, you know, this defense needs. And now I know Mike Patine can do a lot with this defense with any player in this draft defensively. But again, I just think 12 is too rich. Um, but, you know, will he go between maybe five and 10 in this draft? Absolutely. It's a possibility, maybe even as early as four. One team that I continue to circle back to is is the New York Giants at six. Um, he played with Jabril Peppers in high school. He played with Jabril Peppers uh, at Michigan, and I think uh, there's a there's a chance that he could play with him in New York with the Giants. Well, Russell, let me follow up with the, with that. Then you know a lot of what Packer fans are keen in on is that number twelve pick, fairly high for Green Bay considering where they're normally drafting. So, but they also have that other first round pick from New Orleans. Now, if if Gary is sitting there at 30 with that second first round pick, is that something that that would make a lot of sense for Green Bay at that point or are you still concerned about how he fits in with the defense? At that point, I think that's okay. I don't, I don't think that's too much of a stretch. I mean, 30, you've got uh, you know, two first round picks and and that's fine in my opinion to go out and just go ahead and, and take the best player available. And at that point, I think he would be the best player available um, on a lot of boards. And um, I, I would be okay with it then. Again, I think Mike Patine can make it work, but I think when you naturally look at like where, where the roster is, where does he really fit um, in this defense? Is he going to be standing up off the edge? Is he going to be playing as a, as a five technique, as a four eye? I mean, it, I, I thought initially he was going to be a defensive tackle and I thought maybe as a three technique is exactly where he would play. But at 277, 
that's a little bit undersized. That's kind of comparable to Solomon Thomas from a few years ago, and he's playing a little bit out of position uh, for San Francisco at times. So is Rashawn Gary going to necessarily do the same thing for Green Bay? Maybe, maybe not. But I, I think if there's anybody that could figure it out, it could be Mike Bettine. But I think 12, again, is just too rich, and 30 would be a, a lot more comfortable for me. All right. Well, and so let's. I, I want to talk about his teammate, Devin Bush. He's considered to be a first-round pick. So, Owen, you know, when when you look at Rashawn Gary and Devin Bush, from what I've seen, they're kind of projected to go around the same point in the draft. Is there one that you like better? And and if so, I mean, is I guess are these guys both in your mind a potential pick at twelve? How does he compare with his teammate Devin Bush? And is there one that you like better? Well, I think Devin Bush is probably like his production as a player is what you expect Gary's to be. Um, you know, with with all the hype and everything that that came with Rashawn Gary to Michigan and coming into his third year and being surrounded by all this talent, you would expect Rashawn Gary to be, you know, the the star. And then that's really kind of what Devin Bush ended up being. Uh, he had a very strong year in 2017 and came back. I think a lot of people wondered whether or not he would leave uh, after last year. Uh, came back to Michigan for his senior year and really had a, a hell of a year. Uh, he's a sideline to sideline guy. He's only 5'11", uh, so he's going to have some issues at times dealing with linemen at the second level and, and kind of getting covered up. But I, he, I would... I think to be like to me to take a linebacker in the top twelve. I think that linebacker has to be like a day one, like clearly above average starting linebacker in the NFL. And to me, I don't know if Devin Bush is that, but I can tell you that Devin Bush is a, is as as of right now a hell of a lot better of a football player than Rashawn Gary is. He doesn't have the physical profile, like I said, he's under six foot tall and he's in the two in a high two twenties, low two thirties, uh, you know, but. But he's the stud. He's the alpha. He's you want Rashawn Gary to get off the bus first, but I think you'd probably rather have Devin Bush playing on your defense. Um, so I, I think Devin Bush is a better football player. I don't know if I would be comfortable taking either of them at twelve. Um, you know, it's something that that we've seen a bit as for the Packers that that Devin Bush could be in play at twelve. Um, that's still to be seen. Uh, Brian Gutekunst took Oren Burks in the third round. He traded up in the third round to take him last year. Uh, and that's the highest the Packers have picked an off-ball linebacker since A.J. Hawk in 2005, I think, 2005, 2006. So it's been quite a while um, since they've taken a linebacker that high. Uh, so I don't know. I, I guess I think maybe Rashawn Gary it would make more sense from like a positional value and athletic profile standpoint uh, than Bush would at 12. But I would probably rather have Bush as a player at 12 mm-hmm. than Gary. Um, and, and just to uh, sidetrack a bit off of what Russell said earlier, Rashawn Gary, the, the talk of him to me playing three technique defensive tackle has been a bit odd uh, to me outside of like what he looks like. Uh, he, like you said, he's 277 or so, which would be like by far the lightest starting defensive tackle uh, consistently in the NFL other than Aaron Donald, which I'm not going to use as any type of comparison for anybody uh, <laughs> until we see more, but that size profile isn't a common thing. Uh, and like I said, at, at 6'5 and 270, I, I don't know if he could really play inside. He's, I don't know if moving him, because he hasn't been the player you want him to be at defensive end, I don't know if moving him to a, a different position would fix that or not. 
Um, but I know Russell wasn't the only one that's thought of him in that vein. Uh, but I just kind of it's, it's something that I'm sure other Packer fans have seen and heard as well. I know the guys at the Draft Network um, list him as an interior defensive lineman at times, and that's something I guess I just wanted to say. I don't know if if is as feasible as we, as we think, unless it was to be. The only way I would see him playing in that type of role uh, would be like if he was the so like Mike Patton came from Baltimore and if you if you watched Baltimore in the past so I guess not this you know, coming year but you've seen Terrell Suggs and he sometimes he stands up and sometimes he's got his hand in the dirt but other than that he's kind of all over the place he's a bit of a hybrid to me in Patton's system I think that's probably where Gary would play um, if he were to play however like you're probably going to see with Zadarius Smith. I think maybe on third downs is maybe where Rashawn Gary would kick inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen a lot of conversation with him as a potential defensive tackle. And I just, to me, um, I don't know if that's, that's quite as likely as, um, as it might make sense to some people. All right. Well, well, I think too, on top of that is, you know, like initially I had him at that, you know, three technique playing as a defensive tackle. Cause he was listed at on Michigan's website at 283 during the season. So you're thinking, okay, Maybe he's a couple pounds actually heavier than that. That's like normally how I take it with weight. They're normally either a couple pounds heavier or a couple pounds lighter. And they're normally a couple inches shorter. You know, they're like, that's always talked up, but it was like, all right, he's not necessarily getting it done all the time off the edge, but maybe on the inside with his explosiveness off the line of scrimmage, maybe I could play this guy as a three technique or maybe even as a four eye or something and, and, and really succeed in that sense. But um, I'm with you. I, I think he's, more so of an edge, I think you're going to have more success there. Um, but certainly on it on third downs, I, I think putting them inside would would definitely be beneficial. Yeah, and well, so the next thing I want to move to here then, when talking about it, is you know a lot of times you you think pass rusher, you think edge rusher. And, you know, like we talked about last week, the idea is that he's going to get after the quarterback. But reality is when you play defense, you do a little bit of everything. So, Russell, when you look at Rashawn Gary, how does he fare against the run game? What is he going to give you when he's not trying to chase down the quarterback? Well, I think he's got really good Ben. That was something that stood out immediately with him. Um, I, I thought with, with his ability to, to really get to the heels of an offensive lineman and, and, and find the direction of the football and bend to it. I thought he did a decent job with it, especially with his explosiveness. Um, Is he the best, you know, run stopping edge rusher in this class? No, I don't think so. Um, But again, I I like his ability and I, when he wants to turn it on, he certainly can. Um, I'm a Michigan state grad. So like being able to, to watch him against Michigan state, it was pain in the ass, to be honest. It was, there was times that he would blow plays up and there was times that he just disappeared um, and was on the sidelines. And I think a lot of it, you know, this past year, he was struggling through injuries and things like that. But um, I I like him enough in the run game to where I feel, you know, I I could play him. Um, But as far as like a pass rusher, I like him off the edge and I I do like plugging him in inside as a interior pass rusher on third down. All right, and, and Owen, now you're going to get the other kind of flip end here, and this one is probably the the least likely of the two, but, you know, how is he in coverage? Is he able to drop back, or are we, or if you if you have Rashawn Gary, are you pretty much saying, you know, we're, we're not going to do the whole coverage thing. Your job is just to stop the run when necessary and then get after the quarterback. Yeah, I think he's a guy that, I mean, like I see, he's 200, he's almost 280 pounds. Um, and, and while the, the potential might be there for some three, four teams to like him, I know like the, the Jets, um, when I can't 
remember if it was Rex Ryan's last couple of years there or if it was when Todd Bowles took over right away. Uh, they played Sheldon Richardson at stand-up outside linebacker at like 290 pounds uh, on like rundowns. And <laughs> I think, I guess, like, I to be honest with you, I don't think that Rashawn Gary, uh, to be advantageous to him or to put him in a position to succeed, should ever go backwards. Um, but, I, I, I mean, I believe I've – had concussions, so correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he did do the linebacker drills at the combine, though. Um, so it wouldn't surprise yeah, me. It wouldn't surprise me if some team wants to get overly creative and a little too cute and try to do some stuff. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some like zone pressure schemes where they're going to send the linebacker off one side and he's going to drop, it, but it's going to be like a spot drop, a very short, shallow zone um so if Rashawn Gary is ever covering anybody in man coverage uh that defensive coordinator <laughs> would likely be looking for work um elsewhere pretty soon uh, all right well so all right so I, I want to get both of your guys's take on this next question here uh so and, and so Owen we'll stick with you starting here so Again, put on your GM cap, not necessarily of the Packers, but just in general. Uh, if you were a GM looking at drafting Rashawn Gary, what's the weak point in the game of, of his game? Like, What would be your biggest concern about drafting Rashawn Gary if you were a GM? Uh, if you're going to get Rashawn Gary all the time. I think that's like I talked about. There's... There's times when, when Rashawn Gary wants to be the best player on the football field. He absolutely can be. I mean, he's, he's a freak athlete. He's a big dude. He's a strong guy. He's very fast for his size. He's athletic. He has been. He's not rigid. There's times where he can kind of take stuff over, but you very rarely see it. And that's, I think, what's what's got to be the frustrating thing. And I, I think that's where the any trepidation would come with taking him early, I think, has to be just that it's been so inconsistent. If he was the guy that was that came off the stepped off the bus first and, and he played like that all the time, I, I mean, I, I'm sure there's no way that Rashawn Gary would get out of the top ten. I mean, you're probably talking about him. Had he played up to the hype that he had coming into college, he's he's right around Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. um, you know. But as far as that's got to be the problem is, is you've got to be confident that your locker room is going to be able to unlock whatever he's got. Uh, you know, there's guys like this that in, in growing up, I, I talked about this. Um, on the pod that Russell mentioned earlier, I was a Ravens fan growing up. And when with the Ravens, they always took a ton of character concerned guys or those guys with those weird issues because they're like, well, we've got Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Haloti Nada and Terrell Suggs in the locker room. If they can't fall into line, it, we'll, we're going to figure it out pretty quick. Um, and that's kind of where I think you'd have to be very confident in your locker room or very confident in your leaders on defense uh, and your defensive coordinator to be able to unlock that ability all the time uh and i don't know if it's a focus thing or i don't i don't know if it's just because he's been he has been banged up at times so i don't know if he's he's been hampered that way or not but the biggest reservation for me if i was taking Rashawn gary is you've got to be uh, extremely confident that you're going to get um you know the Rashawn gary that you see in those flashes on tape all the time uh because like I said there are too many times for a premier prospect and a, a stud recruit that it really almost seemed like, I don't know if he was not disinterested, but he certainly maybe kind of picked and picked his spots a bit. And, and that's, that's not something you can take when you're um, looking for that, that big of an investment. So that would be my major thing. It really has nothing to do with Rashawn Gary's play like at all. 
um, from from a prospect standpoint. Um, you know, when he does what he's able to do, he's a top ten guy. Uh, but it's just not there all the time, and that's I think that's probably that's that's what scares you off if you're a, a decision maker. That's especially if you're a guy like and and you mentioned this earlier, like number five. If you're the Buccaneers, if you're Jason Light, and you're probably working for your job as a GM this year. That's that's not a guy I would I would want to uh, hang my hat on. Mm-hmm. And, and and Russell, for you, what would your biggest concern be? I feel like you're going to echo a lot of what uh, of what Owen just said. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of been the. I mean I live in Michigan, so like I'm 15 minutes away from Ann Arbor, so I I hear about Michigan football every day, and I especially every football season, it's all the time. And there was a lot of you know praise about Rashawn Gary this, Rashawn Gary that. Then you get to the end of the season and there's a lot of gripes and groans about Rashawn Gary. And the reason why is, again, because he didn't meet the expectations of of what you need an edge rusher like him to do uh, and a player of his talent to do. And it's him not turning it on when he needs to. And that's, you know, as a you know, when I coached defensive line for six years at a high school level, I consistently looked for guys that practice the same way that they were going to play and I I wanted that all the time now obviously I didn't see him in in practice but I watched the tape of him in games um, when they were live on broadcast and then you know the all 22 of it and it was this guy was not actively using his hands he was not consistently pursuing the football he was not turning on his you know his motor and just every all of his skill set he wasn't turning it all on and I was like this is not the the right player for for me or for really this draft to be talked about as high as he as he been um and since really november i've been saying chase winovich has been the the best player on that defense uh this past season and i think it's starting to come uh full circle for that so i'm feeling proud of myself for that one but like as far as drafting him i think he's a guy that you know if he met the expectations we'd be talking about him at two or three um with the the jets or the niners I think he's in play again with maybe the Giants because of some of the things I mentioned earlier. But realistically, I mean, I he he's not on the combine invite list or the the NFL draft invite list of the twenty three players. He's you know he's not on there, and I, I that's kind of telling to me. I know you know some guys decline their invite all the time. You know Joe Thomas was on a boat when he got drafted, um, but you know with. With Rashawn Gary, I just I find it odd that he wouldn't be in the limelight for this. It certainly seems kind of like his thing, and maybe it's not. But uh, I just there's there's too many flaws for him for me to feel confident in taking him um, in the first round. But if I am a team like we talked about with Green Bay with multiple first round picks, or a team like Oakland with multiple first round picks, I would consider it with my second or third first round pick. But overall, I just there's too much um, wrong with him as a prospect right now that I would put my job on the line for it. All right. Well, so last question for you both before we wrap up the podcast here today. So edge rush, pass rush, obviously a very important position. Lots of NFL teams are looking for it. Uh, It seems like there's a couple of really strong edge rushers, pass rushers in this draft. Where does Rashawn Gary stack up with the rest of the class as far as uh, all the big names, and just looking at it by position, where would you rank them? I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit, comparing them to other guys in the draft, but if you had to give them a solid number of all of the potential edge rushers you get in this draft, where would you rank them? Russell, we'll start with you. Uh, he's my sixth-ranked my sixth edge. He's my 31st player on my board. Um, 
he's ranked behind Brian Burns, uh, Cleveland Farrell, um, Montez Sweat, Josh Allen, Nick Bosa, and I guess you could even throw in uh, Charles Amenawa as well out of Texas, who I've got listed though as a defensive lineman. Um, I don't like him strictly as an edge guy. I like his versatility to play in, in variety of spots. But for Gary, again, it's 31st, second round, um, and my sixth overall edge, and, and Chase Winovich is right behind him. And, and, and Owen, where, where does where does uh, Gary rank for you amongst edge rushers in this draft? Yeah, I mean, that's probably where I read around where Russell said that five, six, seven range. Um, you know, I to someone like I wouldn't have Gary over uh, like someone like Jakai Polite even like as a pass rusher, but as a football player, I mean, he's going to be able to stay on the field all three downs. I think that's something that Brian Burns is going to have to mm-hmm. work to do, and that's something that Jakai Polite. It, it, at Florida, he rarely played, um, not or rarely played first downs. Excuse me. So, it, I think he's probably in that in that second tier, okay? Because it or second or third tier, however you want to have it. Because Nick Bosa to me is is very clearly the best pass rusher in this class, um, at least from an outside player perspective. And then you've got the Burns and and Furl and and. Then even that and Josh Allen, and then to me, even like someone like Montez Sweat's probably closer to Rashawn Gary. I think they're two guys that are probably going to be overdrafted based on their athletic performance in the combine. Um, and, and that's not a slight to either of them. It's just a, a matter of like, a, and kind of like what I talked about earlier. The NFL falls in love with with workout warriors and guys that you know. I I don't think Montez Sweat's a better football player today than he was in December, but he ran a four four two at the combine. So he's probably going to go higher. Uh, so it's just kind of one of those things. I, I don't have um, – Russell's going to definitely upstage me here. I don't have, like, formal rankings really, but that's where I would put I would put Gary is right around that third tier of guys. Um, someone like Ja'Kai Polite, Sean Gary, Montez Sweat, probably guys that are better geared towards going uh, – as football players, I don't think Polite's going to end up in the first round or even probably the top 50 um, after his his pre-draft process here but uh, probably guys that would go somewhere in the mid-20s I would feel better about them as football players probably as rather than where they will end up going in a couple weeks here all right well great stuff guys thank you so much for joining the podcast again today you guys will be on again next week I believe yes we'll be talking about tight ends next week with these two here make sure to follow Russell and Owen on Twitter. You can follow Russell on Twitter at Russ NFL Draft. And Owen, you can follow at Reese Draft. And uh, so thank you once again, guys, for taking time out of your days to join the podcast. We really appreciate you doing this. If you guys missed anything from any of our draft coverage podcasts, just make sure to wherever you're subscribing to the podcast, just go back, look for the day that you've missed, and get caught up that way. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow. Dan, Chris, and Matt will be breaking down the safety position in the draft. We'll be taking a look at all the different needs that the Packers have with safety and where they could potentially go in the draft to fill those needs. So thank you once again, guys, for listening today. Make sure to like like, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen on and follow. And as always, Go Pack Go! To Wild. Oh, yes! And taken by Jackson in the end zone for a touchdown! Geronimo Allison! Allison. Josh Jackson, the rookie, recovers in the end zone in a Lambo leap to the north.
shot done. Packers showing a blitz, and here they come. Beathard looking. Hit as he throws it. Deep down the right sidelines. And it is intercepted on the play. Spectacular interception by Kevin King at the nine-yard line of Green Bay. Snap to Rodgers looking right. Throws the right side. St. Brown makes the Inside the 30 of the 28-yard line. Hunter Bradley the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee. Arm extended. Here it is. Placement made. Kick is up. It is good. It is good. Mason Crosby delivers a dagger. One week after his worst day ever, he delivers the dagger tonight. Third and five. 13-yard line of Atlanta. Snap. Ryan looks right. Throws right side. Yeah. Intercepted to the house. Bishop Freeland. Touchdown. Green Bay Packers. 19-yard interception return. And it's 16-7 Packers. Rodgers looks it over. Takes the snap. Blitz on. They pick it up. Lost they got him. They He's got him. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers, who ducks it under center. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff up the middle. Big ball, straight ahead. It is Aaron Jones off to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, down the left sidelines, and he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the five yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a burst, 67 yards. Third and six, trailing 30 to 23. Two minutes straight up to go in the game. San Francisco showing a blitz through the A gap, and here they come. Rogers looking, throws left side of the end zone. Yes, touchdown, Devontae yes. Adams. Left corner of the end zone from Aaron Rodgers. 16-yard touchdown pass. The Packers an extra point away from getting this game tied. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.